Let's look at this, Luke. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. And when they shall shoot forth, you see and know of yourselves that summer is not at hand. So likewise you, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is not at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Amen. And this is my text. And take heed to yourself, lest any time your heart be overcharged with surfighting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that the day come upon you unaware. For as a snare shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask for your anointing. God, we feel your presence here. We honor you today, Christ Jesus. I thank you for your church. I thank you for this house of worship. Lord, we pray your blessing on Women's Teen Challenge, God, across America, Father. We thank you for what you're doing through them. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you go to verse 34, JT, it says, And take heed to yourself. And the first, I just want to break these couple of scriptures down. And this is what God gave me, Steve, when we were sitting here in prayer meeting. God began to just, I, listen, I wanted to preach a New Year's message today. I had one already ready about God remaking us and remolding us and getting the troops fired up and how God can change. And that's all true. But he kept bringing me back to this warning. I was sitting right there praying and everybody was seeking God's face last Friday for this new year. And this is all he kept telling me. And it says, take heed to yourself. Sometimes if you're not careful, point one, you'll start looking at everybody else and you'll miss that you're the one falling away. I've been in church for all my life. I get it. There are so many inconsistencies, even in the best churches. And I think this is the best church. I love this church. But you can look at everybody and everything everybody's doing and you won't even realize, but you're the one that's drifting, not them. So the first thing today is you got to take responsibility for you. It's between, listen, there are so many enablers. There are so many people that will tell you because of the way you're raised, because of the way you were treated, because of the way this. Listen, I've got too many people that don't have mothers and fathers and didn't have anything coming up, but they have Jesus Christ. Because when your mother and father forsake you and all men forsake you, Psalms 27 says, the Lord will take you up. No excuses. I love him for that. So we can't make excuses for our progress. And then he says, lest any time your heart be overcharged. And this, this word overcharged, just maybe you, if, when you're reading, I know we all read and study. You ever had something just jump off the page? Listen to another translation. Um, you can keep that up though. It says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and anxiety of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. I think that's probably the best translation here. Overcharge means to weigh down. And in these last days, what I'm worried about is if we're not careful and we're not watching and we're not praying, weights come on us. Look, go to Hebrews real quick and we'll go back to verse 34. Hebrews 12. 
Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Now, notice how it doesn't say lay aside every sin yet. It's going to get to sin. There are things in our life that if we don't deal with, they will weigh us down. Listen, I haven't had much time to pray. Chris was like, I know it drove you crazy to lay on a couch for one week. I don't know how you stayed down. I said, I told Bethany the second day, I'm going crazy. Then I said, thank God for Netflix. But every time I tried to read, it was just like it wouldn't mess. But So I just laid there and let God meditate. And there's a lot of people who have fallen out of love with his house. And they're asking themselves, why don't I love the church like I used to? Why don't I pray like I used to? You ever been there? You ever realized, oh man, something inside of me is different than it used to be? Why is my love for people not the way it used to be? And God answered me this morning early and he said, tell my people it's the weight in their life. They are weighed down with this world. They are weighed down with the cares of this life. And the weight is like, oh, I can't go to church now. Look, America has shut down Sunday night church and they've justified it. It's, it's awkwardly quiet in here. You know why? Don't you dare blame the pastors. When Israel got a king, Samuel told them, you the people want a king, you'll get a king. And your sons will serve them and your daughters will serve them. And the people in America are so weighed down with weights, God help us all. That we don't have time to come to the house of God because our weights are hindering us. Where I used to love Bible study, my weight keeps me from getting to the Word. If you think I'm condemning, I promise you, there's not anything in me that condemns. I feel God giving us hope again. When he warned me early this morning that the weights in our life, he's got the power to let us throw them off. If you feel weighed down this morning, we're going to sing Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus because I don't know why it just kept coming to me and coming to me and coming to me. I had to make sure the praise team even knew how to sing it. We're going to turn our eyes back. And I want to show you later in this that if we'll turn our eyes back, weights fall off. It says lay aside every weight. It's a progress. And we let the weight keep us from our prayer. And we let our weights keep us from witnessing. Because, you know, if you're weighed down, to walk over to that person at the job and talk to them about the Lord, oh, it's heavy. I remember when I used to wrestle, oh, Lord. I used to have to put ankle weights on and put my jeans over them. I'd walk so I could have ankle weights and get strong. And after a while, you get tired. And a lot of Christians can't do anything but exist. I'm telling you, I don't want you to just be at this church and exist. Well, I show up on Sundays. Well, I feel good about sometimes and give a little money. Listen, thank God for your money. I promise you, we wouldn't have summer and winter camps without people's money. But that has nothing to do with what God's called you to do and the direction he's put in your life. Your weights will keep you from witnessing. You are the light of the world. Your people that you work with, it's your responsibility. Your family members that you've given up on, if you're not careful, your weights will keep you from going back to the well again and again and again. It'll keep you from praying for your family members that are lost. Amen? 
I'm not preaching on hell. You guys look like I'm preaching on going to hell. You know what it is? We're weary and well-doing. We're weighed down with everything but God. Help us, Lord. It says, and the sin which says so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race. And I want you to get this. You have a race to run. And this is so cliche in the South. And everybody's like, yeah, I got a race. I got a race. No, like you were born for this time and this period and there's a race for you to run. Amen? And every person that you don't run with the gospel to, you say somebody else will get them. They're not. America and Christianity, we're a post-Christian nation. Don't be fooled by the churches in the South. We are a post-Christian nation. It should break our hearts that we have a form of godliness, but we've denied the power that comes with it. That's what's wrong in the church. The weights have gotten to us. But look at verse 2, how, how, how just the shift comes. Right where you are, you look up. And you look into his wonderful face. And the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. you got to remember your first love. you got to remember how awesome and amazing he is. And that when we sing he's a lamb, he's a lamb, Sister Teresa. He took every one of our sins to the cross. And I am in the perfect presence of God because of him. But listen, we got to do this. We've got to get back to looking up. We've got to get back to realizing that it's all about him again. And listen, we can live lives. He didn't say take them from the world, Father. He said keep them in the world. That's where salt's going to be good. That's where light's going to do something good. And I just want to provoke you today. Listen, throw the weight off. But the way to do it is looking back at him and getting in your mind what Jesus said in the verse 34 of Luke is that, hey, this thing's going to come on you like a steel trap. When he, when he talks about it's going to snare you, it's just like a bird that goes in to get the bird food and the cage falls on it. Listen, I don't want you to be in this church or hear my voice today and all of a sudden the trumpet of God sounds and you have brainwashed yourself that you and God are good and it comes on you. Why would Jesus say, warn you, it's going to come on you like a trap? Watch. Keep your eyes open. Don't go to sleep. Listen, it's so easy to sleepwalk in church. It's so easy that when bad things happen to you, oh, I'm clinging to the altar of God. I'm believing God. Bad things are raining. But when the good things happen, watch. In the times of peace. Listen, I believe still that God wants to radically save every family member represented here today by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I believe that he's ordained every person in here to do it. We are that light. Wait, listen, this is not even in my notes, but I keep going back. We got to shine again. He said, awake thou that sleepeth and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. That's why he said, watch. When you stop watching, you get comfortable. When you stop thinking, you know what? I can just live my life today. It doesn't really matter. It matters. There's so many parables that say there were five wives and there were five foolish virgins. Virgin, which means they were pure. Five had all. Five didn't. It scares me when I talk to church people. They think because they tweet out or Facebook some kind of little quote that that makes them a believer. Believer? 
Every celebrity in the world thanks God. Are we foolish? Believer, I'll tell you what makes you a believer. You gotta know him. I'm talking about know him. Like, listen, when Bethany walks in a room, I know her. She's mine. Thank God. But I know her. Me and her have a relationship. Me and her know each other. She knows every look I have. It drives me crazy. She can tell when I don't want to let her know I'm mad about something. She looks at me and says, what's wrong? Oh, nothing, nothing. She knows me. It's the same way with God. You can't just talk about him. Everybody's like, it's about relationship. We've said it so much, we've missed it. Like if you can't go to a place where God is talking to you and dealing with you and showing you things, who he loves, he corrects. That doesn't mean he smacks us. It means he gently says, hey, this is in your life. I want to remove this. And he loves you. It lets you know you're a son and not a bastard, Hebrews says. That means you really have a father and a covering and a protection. That's exactly what it's all about. Don't tell me you're going to tweet out something about Jesus. You don't even know Jesus. We got to know him. We got to look at him again. Some of us, I've been there. You ever looked up from a service like this and realized, I've drifted. My weights have pulled me way back. I got so busy with church. I think it's so funny nowadays. All these churches are springing up, and all they are is cookie-cutter churches from the Highlands. Everything that Church of the Highlands does, they do. It's funny. Every 21 days of prayer. That's great. 21 days of prayer. Good. Glad you're doing that. There should be like a first day, though, of 21 days of repentance. 21 days of actually getting saved and not just going through the motions. I told God last night, I do not want Evangel to become a seeker-friendly church. I don't want it. If you want it, I'm sorry you're in the wrong spot. I want us to be an old-fashioned church where the Holy Ghost comes in and when he grabs people, they're radically saved. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, if they're not against us, they're forced. I'm not preaching against those churches, but I'm telling you, this church is not going to be one of those. We're not going to be seeker-friendly. We're going to preach you the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you like it, good. And if you don't, good. We don't care. But there's going to be power here. We're going to open it up to the Holy Spirit. Get what I'm saying. Take what I'm saying. I'm not against anybody. But I am saying I don't want to be anybody. I want to be us. I want us to have weights off us, and I want us to run the race. Amen? We've almost got to the point where we adopt yards and cut their grass, and it's righteousness. We go hand out food to the poor, and it's righteousness. That is not righteousness. Doing is not the blood. It's by faith you are saved. Amen? So I'm telling you, it's coming to the church that as long as we adopt a block down in downtown and cut their grass for them and do all this, that that's Christianity. Let me tell you something. I work for Alabama Power. We do more than any church around here to help the community, and that doesn't make us righteous, does it, my brothers and sister that goes that works there with us? No. We're all about the community. That's crepping to the church. It's deceived the church people that they think because they're doing things for God that they're actually no God. This was not in my notes. I'm telling you, I feel this. You should know how bad I felt this morning when I woke up and told Bethany, I don't think I can do this. We can't, it's not, listen, once you know him and once the weights are off, then you do. Let's get the weights off first. Amen? And I'll say this and I'll close. 
I haven't said everything today normally like I wanted to, so if I offended you, come talk to me. I probably didn't mean it the way I thought I did. I'm not against any church in this area, but I have made up my mind I will not duplicate anything. We are going to be what God wants us to be. Amen? Well, you won't grow that way, yeah? You weren't here when there was 23 of us 16 years ago. You weren't here. I know how it grows. If you get him involved, you don't need a marketing scheme. You don't need a business model. You don't have to have the best social media. When people walk into it like we did this morning and God is here and the one that sets us free from our sins because we need him, you don't have to advertise. I was telling Bethany, think about the healings that have happened in this church in the last year. Think about the healings. The miraculous power of God that heals. That is what we want. I want people healed. And I don't just want them healed from cancer. I want us healed from sin. Because the wages of sin is death. I want us to be whole again and perfect before God. Covered in his blood. But really having a purpose again and running. Jesus said, look at 1 Peter. 2 Peter. I'm sorry, JT. He says, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. But is long-suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in that which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works there are therein shall be burned up. Keep that. Peter was reminding the church, it's not about down here. Everything you do down here when he comes back is going to be burned up. Everything. I'm reading a book right now called One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. You know what you can't do in heaven? Witness to anybody. You know why you can't witness in heaven? Because everybody's a believer. So you got to witness here. That's the treasures you can throw over there. That's the thing that's going to matter. You know why most of us don't witness? And this is going to just sound ugly and hateful, but it's going to be true. Because we don't live a lifestyle good enough and we know it's going to be sending mixed signals to our coworkers. You can't go on those rants, cussing out everybody, and then the next day go back and tell them how sweet Jesus is. I don't know why we don't have boldness. It's not boldness. It's hypocrisy. What are you doing? I'm just letting that one soak. It just soak. Hurt my ankle one time. My dad got some kind of stuff called Epsom salt or something. Poured it in a bowl, filled it with hot water, let it sit. It didn't do anything, but. (laughs) (laughs) Supposed to, but it didn't. But so sometimes we just need to let it soak. You know why there's been times in my life where I couldn't witness? Because I had weights in my life that had kept me from praying. And things bothered me that shouldn't bother me. And they saw my temper and then the devil comes in and says, how can you witness to them knowing the temper they just saw last week? I'll tell you how you do it. You tell them, hey, I'm not perfect. 
but I'm trying to be like the one who is. Brother Hank told me that one time, and I will never forget it, and I use it sometimes. Listen, they get it. We're real. There's, there's time. That's what makes Jesus so awesome is that we're, we're real, that he loves us. You know, I was thinking today when his love was just in here during worship, now my debt is paid. It's been paid in full by the precious blood that our Jesus spent. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me because who the Son sets free is free indeed. And as tears begin to roll down my eyes, I thought about it. Hey, thank you, Lord. I only love you because you first loved me. The only love I have in my whole life, Brother Dennis, is the love that he gives me. Amen? This has been the weirdest shotgun sermon I've probably ever preached in my life. (laughs) But look at, Peter was reminding them, don't get your eyes down here. It'll weigh you down. If Alabama loses tomorrow night, the kingdom of God will not be moved. First of all, you have nothing to worry about. But second of all, (laughs) if it happens, the kingdom of God will not shake. Because if it did, all the Auburn fans would be all upset all the time, all those losses. (laughs) Their life would be in disarray. It doesn't. Football, our pastor last Sunday morning, I'm telling you, I felt like he uppercutted me with the word of God in the face when he looked at all of us and said, sports has got too strong of a hold in this church. Do you know what kind of boldness it takes to look at people and say that nowadays? Follow Facebook. You can get offended over anything and just leave. (laughs) Unfriend. Just (laughs) So you preach a sermon like this, people are like, well, I like the Church of the Highlands. That guy said something about it. Boom, they're gone. And I'm like, I didn't say anything about them. I'm saying everybody's trying to be them. Because they're the biggest church in Birmingham. I don't want to be them. I really don't. I I don't like the fact that you can come into this house with drinks and all that garbage. Listen, I've heard people say so many years, well, we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Good scripture. But 2 Timothy says, so you would know how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. This is a sacred place. What I felt this morning is so special when the believers come together. And I'm not legalistic. If you want to bring a drink in here, that's against pastor's rules, but I don't get get what I'm saying. This is a sacred place where we meet. If we'll get our eyes back on Him. If we'll get our eyes back on, everything we do is going to deteriorate. Everything we do is going to dissolve away. Everything. But what we do for Him is going to stand. And this is like Sunday school, Sister Paula. You're like, yeah, I know this. Everybody, when I hear, I'm hearing me say it, and I'm like, this is so elementary. But it's the small fox that's destroyed our minds. It's those little bitty weights. It's that prick at 9 o'clock at night when the Holy Spirit says, come talk to me. And you say, yeah, but the news is on. We've already been laying there two hours. You got it. It's those little bitty things where he says, hey, go talk to your coworker." I told Bethany three weeks ago, the Lord dealt with me about going to see a preacher friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, and he pricked my heart to go see him. And I even said to her, I said, I need to go see him this weekend. But my schedule, I said, was so busy. 
I didn't. Well, they gave him six months to live, and he died in three weeks. And they buried him yesterday. And I realized then that I'm out of balance. I can't be so busy. You can't be so busy that we can't operate in God's will. We can't be so weighed down with everything in this world that we miss it. Our, our, man, you don't even know how bad. Uh, I could kick myself a hundred times. It's like Miss Paula told me one time. She had a dog kennel. And she saw this fence. And the dog was jumping up and could almost get over it. And on the other side of it was a huge bucket of water. That dog was going to drown in. And she said, yeah, I'll get to that later. And she went to walk off and she said, no, I'm going to get to it now. And it took a lot of effort to move all that water. Guess what? That dog got big enough where he could jump over there. He would have drowned. Those are $400 dogs. A lot of us have weights and we see it and we see the damage of it and we don't want to deal with it. And it's costing us things. Our prayer life is that little puppy that's dying. And I'm telling you, I, don't, I came up in vacation Bible school in the Southern Baptist Church at Hillview Baptist Church where we said we prayed, we read our Bible, and we witnessed. The church nowadays is like, maybe I'll get a Bible app, I'll pray when I'm in trouble, and witnessing ain't even on the table anymore. Everybody stand with me. I... This is not where I wanted to be with this sermon because I don't want to leave you feeling hopeless. I want to feel you that all you have to do is turn your eyes back. I love the fact that 10 seconds in God's presence can do more for you than any book you can ever read. Listen, I read leadership books nonstop. I think leaders are readers and you should always be reading. But there's times where God says, I want you to put everything down and just me and you again. I got a concept I need to teach you that that book ain't going to teach you. Amen? So I just told Lucas, I was like, I know y'all don't have turn your eyes upon Jesus, but this, this morning in my office, I just felt like we should just, this new year, just turn back to it. We're, we're going to see, you listen to me, we're going to see the, listen, you can't just keep throwing seed. You know how stupid or foolish it would be if I tilled up the, my backyard and threw seed in it and covered it up and then Miss Paula went back next week and tilled it up again and threw seed in it? This church just went through a year of throwing seed and digging out roots. Now we're about to enter into the rest, I'm telling you, where we're going to see the harvest. I'm not just saying that because it's a new year. I'm assured of it. There are going to be families that have already come in to help and there are going to be new families that God draws to a church where they can just sit in His presence and they can work for the Lord. This is going to be a great year. I'm hoping He comes back tonight, Steve. And forever I'll be with the Lord. 